Hail and well met. Welcome to another edition of Self-Evident. I am Jenna and with me are Alyssa, Eliana, and Kenna Rose. We are on our second episode of the two-part series. Well, maybe three or four or depending on how many we want to cover. We'll see when we get there. Absolutely. <laughs> we are, this is about. on the second episode of Feminism versus Femininity. And the next lie that we're going to be covering is in order to be taken seriously, you need a career because motherhood is unfulfilling. What do you guys think about that? I think Rebecca Merkel, and I'm kind of plugging Canon Press right now. Like, if you guys <laughs> have not read Even Exile by Rebecca Merkel or have watched the documentary put on by Canon Press, one of the most encouraging it books was I've so ever read. Good. She really hits the nail on the head when she says, this idea that a stay-at-home mom is a sellout has become almost a catechism, mm-hmm. and it has shaped our cultural consciousness to, so strongly that it has even managed to seep its way into the so-called conservative camp. Yeah. Average stay-at-home moms are a dwindling breed, but even those who have actually made the choice to accept that role can easily be made to feel insecure and ashamed about our lives. Mm. End quote. Which is so sad, and I think also not only with that, but on the other side with college and the career aspect, I don't think everybody should go to college. I think that college is something that should be meant for and is meant for like a higher education finishing if you want to go on to, uh, I guess, a higher career, like a finishing sort a of A career thing. like mechanical engineering. You exactly. definitely need a degree for that. Exactly. I would say, too, that I think part of the reason motherhood has become so pushed down is because people push down the idea of what, the like, they push down the roles God has given women and they degrade them and they don't like them and I think it's partly because it requires so much sacrifice but also because I think and then part of that is everyone in our culture these days has become so obsessed with extraordinary moments living extraordinary lives making huge changes in the world exactly and with the way culture has so degraded motherhood people don't consider being a mother as living an extraordinary life but I mean what's more extraordinary than being able to grow a child in her womb than and getting to rape. The extraordinary Everyone, looking for the ordinary. Yeah, everybody wants to be president, but nobody wants to raise a president. Exactly. You can't have a president without somebody raising that president to become who that president is. And that's why it's so important to have kids and raise them in the wisdom and the instruction Absolutely. of the Lord. Absolutely. The fact that society so looks down on the idea of motherhood and the ordinary in general. Right, is evidence of Satan's unfortunately successful attack on womanhood, where we become uncomfortable and unsatisfied with how God has made us. Exactly. Mike Donahue, uh, an author and songwriter, has said, we can't be leaders until we're followers, and we're made to follow Christ. And part of that is becoming more like Christ, which is becoming more unified and one and whole. Mm-hmm. I think you guys really hit on um, a really important point in our culture that motherhood is unexciting, it's boring, it's dull, it's demeaning, we're not living up to our full potential, we're going to have that minivan that breaks down every year, we're going to live in that washed out yellow house with an ugly picket fence, and we're going to have a dog that drools everywhere, and that is... You know Baby's the picture all of the time, right? The highlight of your life too is Cheerios on the floor everywhere. Right. And again, I'm I'm really plugging Canon Press, but Rebecca Merkel really made me stop and think um, because she said, "What do we know about God? Is He interested in creatures that are dull, underappreciated, and underutilized? 
He's the God who created the tiger, the eagle, the sun, the palm tree. Why on earth, when he got to mankind, would he suddenly decide that he wanted to top it all off with a creature that's not allowed to live up to its full potential? I love that. I'm pretty sure that we'll find that what God has created for us is far more breathtaking, crazy, scary, and glorious than we ever wanted to assume. And how sad it is that we live in a world that has demeaned that and demeaned, like, all of this and just taken it in the wrong way and twisted it. It's almost prideful in a way because by thinking that the design of motherhood and the role of motherhood for women is demeaning or dull not allowing us to live our full potential it's we're wanting to elevate ourselves above where god what god has given us to do i mean if raising children is not an important task and a fulfilling task like i mean it's the next generation exactly i think a really good example of biblical femininity can be found in Proverbs 31. We're not saying that women can't have jobs, that they're supposed to be secluded in their house, barefoot and pregnant 24-7, 365. That's not what we're saying. And I say that because when you look at scripture, the, the biblical woman that her children, that whose children praise her and her husband praises her, what does she do? She gets up early she buys and sells fields. She's in business. She's in the she gates. She makes her arms she strong. She makes her arms strong. Um, her children are clothed in scarlet. She provides. She has job, and she's... She's working outside the home, too, is what right. it is. Right. She's but, not secluded. But her priority is straight. toward her yep. home. Mm-hmm. She's putting first things first. Yes, exactly. I think the entire order of a Christian family is raising kids to be kingdom builders like our entire purpose in being in this world is to build the kingdom of christ glorify god exactly and the whole family has to do with that the female just gets the role of being more centered in while the male might be supporting yeah we're we're the more concentrated form of that of kingdom building Mm -hmm. exactly we are the glory of the glory of creation yeah exactly in case you can't tell even exile is um something many of us like a lot great book and i'm gonna do another quote because i think this kind of wraps up in a way this whole point of i think a western idea of what a woman is um she said actually on page 42 if you want to read it for yourself that at some point american motherhood became reduced to one of those brainless menial jobs that no college graduate should ever have to demean themselves by accepting But a woman raising her children is not only shaping the next generation, she is also shaping little humans who are going to live forever. The souls she gave birth to are immortal. And somehow our culture looks at a woman who treats that as if it might be an important task and says, it's a shame she's wasting herself. She could be doing something important, like filing paperwork for insurance claims. (laughs) And then it's like, when you hear stuff like that, it just takes you back to the- It puts the whole thing into perspective. Exactly, what's important? Important is raising other or raising people in the wisdom and the knowledge of the lord right that is what is important not filing paperwork exactly (laughs) i mean and i mean that is important too because it has to do with it but right but raising immortal souls is more important like wasn't it yeah to have said i've never met a mere mortal (laughs) right to have a priority toward your home and to kind of paraphrase vody bakum why would you as a wife or a mother go outside of the home as your priority 
and work for a man who is not your husband, for a corporation that is not your family, yeah. instead of working for a husband that would lay down his life for you, yeah. and a family that will give you true fulfillment, because that's what God placed us here for. Our bodies are made for bearing children. We're reminded of this monthly. Yeah, you're just dropping the truth bombs right now. <laughs> <laughs> One of the really cool things that about motherhood, I think, is that it does emulate Christ in a way because to quote Elizabeth Elliot in her book, Let Me Be a Woman, she said, motherhood requires self-giving sacrifice, suffering. It is a going down into death in order to give life, a great human analogy of a great spiritual principle. And you see in the book of Romans that when we become Christians, we are we die and raise with Christ. I did not say that in the right tense or anything, but <laughs> you get the general idea. We are put to yeah, death just... and we are raised to life with Christ. Right. And so the very idea of being a motherhood and having to live a sacrificial life and even then the pain and then joy of childbirth is emulating Christ. It's all picture. Everything is just an analogy. We're just shadows <laughs> of him. The earth is nothing but analogies and pictures. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's nothing new under the sun. Oh! <laughs> okay. We are so smart. <laughs> I'm fun to lie to. I, I disagree. Alyssa, did you have something to say to add up to I that point? I think you guys covered everything. <laughs> okay, do we want to move on to lie two? Yes. yes. Lie number two. Getting... Lie two is that strong women have male qualities. And this is kind of seen in a couple different areas that somehow feminine qualities are kind of looked down on. For instance, women are more empathetic and that's seen as a weakness instead of a strength. Yeah. But if you if you look at the harmony and the melody that is man and woman, you have a man who isn't as empathetic, but he has more qualities in a different way. But then you have stronger qualities in another way and when you mesh those two together you have unity and oneness exactly. right and i would also say too that part of this lie that strong men, women have male qualities is that people also consider physical strength being a i don't know how to like that in One order to be strong like in order mm. to be a strong woman you have to have strength and like male qualities and to quote like eric the testosterone Ma type right. of body to yeah. quote eric metaxas in seven women he says to pit women against men is a form of denigration to women as though their measure must be determined by masculine standards mm, and like good. it's this lie that in order to be a strong woman you have to be like physically strong is a lie that it's probably not been considered mm -hmm. because men and women are inherently different right but bone density right. brain chemistry everything and this lies being fed to you just constantly in media that you consume i mean think of how many women's think of how many movies you watch with strong women characters i was just talking about this the other day with a friend of mine we were talking about uh the captain marvel movie mm. and how they basically just made her superman Right. Except for she's a woman. So it's well, cool. And right. new quote, and interesting. Yeah. So you're going to laugh at this, but there's this writing site I follow because I love to write. It's called Story Embers. They're a Christian writing site. And they actually wrote an article about the top lie we believe about female protagonists. And it really goes along with what we're saying. They said that if this falsehood bases a hero's competence on mere physical powers or hmm. prowess. The female protagonist can overpower anyone, man, woman, or monster, because she's ultra tough. This trope is so widely accepted that it almost goes unnoticed. And so, like, you were talking with Captain Marvel. It's basically they take, like, a woman character, and in order to, or they take a male character, in order to make it a tough woman, they, like, take this male character, 
and they like give her so, hair right <laughs> <laughs> yeah right that's so interesting that you pointed out that because i recently was reading a book that was recently put out and i'm just going to plug it right now because it's a beautiful book called the sinking city by christine cohen oh i want to read that so bad and her her take on female protagonists is so ref- refreshing and i did not notice this about about her characters because she's just that good of a storyteller until she pointed it out and that was her character defeated the bad guys in a female way yeah she used female qualities instead of having a broad sword fight and pushing him into the abyss or something like that think of jail in the book of judges i don't know if i said that right but the way she defeated the um enemy was she was playing to the feminine femininity that god gave her she her was hospitable <laughs> right instead of just doing like an all-out come brawl, sleep on my goat rug and she, have some goat milk you lovely she, lovely she general. defeated this enemy by using the feminine skills god gave her exactly one thing that i see in our culture is that it's such a big movement to oh we have to we have to include women women are as equal to men but instead of looking at the qualities of women and saying that those are equal to the qualities of men in value, they're actually just taking the qualities of man and putting it as the attainable standard and then trying to adjust women to fit to the masculine standards and say that that is right and that's equality. Right. And when that it's not, is demeaning. It exactly. Is. It's extremely demeaning. For a culture that raves on diversity and inclusion, they really don't like it exactly they want everybody to be the same they make the feminine qualities the bad ones but then don't label them under the guise of feminine right and that kind of goes into chivalry that whole idea of oh my gosh he opened the door for me what does he think i can't do it myself it's like i have such weak biceps that i cannot physically open a door it's like no that's not that's not what's happening. I'm pretty it's sure that's not sense. what he was thinking <laughs> when he opened the door. I actually have a story to tell on chivalry. Oh, oh please okay. tell. So I was with my family, and we were doing the Face the Truth tour that happens every summer in Illinois, where we go out onto major highways and major intersections, and we hold out signs of what an aborted baby looks like. Mm-hmm. And that way cars passing by they have to be confronted with the The horror of abortion the truth and so we were doing one of those face the truth tours and i'm going to say i was about 13 at this time and it was a really really hot day like 90 degrees and i of course don't bring water anywhere so i'm sitting there going it's so hot i am melting over here and then all of a sudden this little boy comes up and he was around my age and he has a lawn chair and he puts it down and he's like, well, would you like to sit down in it? He actually was talking to my dad. He's just like, if if she wants to sit down, like I have a chair for her and she can sit in the Aww. shade. Aww, and my so dad's sweet. like, that is so sweet of you. Thank you so much. And then he walks away and dad turns to me. He's like, did you see how nice that little boy was? Why don't you go sit down for a little bit? I'm like, I am not a weakling. How <laughs> dare he think such a thing? I am going to stand right here on the curb <laughs> till death do i part with it and i am going to prove to this boy that i am not a weak little girl and i don't oh need his chair <laughs> i that's exactly what Jenna. i was thinking was just and so being nice at the end of the tour i i braved it out and i stood on that curb even while i was dizzy and whatnot and at the end of it the little boy just sadly he just comes with his head hanging and he picks up his chair and he just sadly walks down the, the, the street and i i felt bad after that but it was kind of too late <laughs> it was a little too late then because dad my, my dad was looking at me he's like how dare you and then he yells after the boy thank you so much for being a gentleman and i'm like don't you dare say that <laughs> oh my goodness 
Jenna Smith. I kind of have done a 180 since then, so. I kind of yeah. get it, though. I mean, it, it makes sense with, like, the way that our culture our culture views things like that, but mm-hmm. it also, also makes for an entertaining story. It yeah. does. <laughs> this isn't to say that you have to accept. Chivalry. Yes, all you don't have to accept it from everybody all the time. Use your best judgment. There are I mean, some you have instincts for a reason. Exactly. Generally creepy people or just extremely domineering people who, in the kind of chivalry, like it's not as much taught in a, the way that it used to be. And so it's a little harder to discern kind of what types of chivalry Right. Yeah, are. when you just meet a girl, don't come up to her and say, you can share your heart with me. Exactly. Yeah, no, that that's, that's creepy. That's- so I guess our point here is just that chivalry isn't bad. But use your instincts. Exactly. Yes. Um, to take it back to where we were talking about the lie that strong women have male qualities or feminine qualities are bad, I did want to say that women have different strengths than men. And Alyssa touched on this a little bit in like the beginning while we were talking about this. Women tend to be more in tune with their emotions, more caring and more yes. compassionate. Yes. And these special and gifts... And men are st- not, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> right, but they have other gifts and strengths, right? Exactly. And so... It's the special gifts and strengths God has given us are what make women special. Women tend to have a more gentle and quiet spirit. And the Bible says that that's very precious in God's sight. The, um, when he, in First Peter, I believe it is, when he's talking about, um, in First Peter 3, 4, when he's talking about how, like, to dress, he says, but like you're adorning me, the hidden person of your heart, with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. So the fact that more women tend women tend to have more of a gentle and quiet spirit, that's very precious and beautiful in the sight of God. And also it kind of contrasts with young men because I think it's in Proverbs where it says that the glory of young men is their strength. So they are supposed to be wildly different from us. We're we're a little bit more less inclined to express ourselves physically. We do it more emotionally through words. I mean, we're all a bucket of words. And <laughs> guys aren't they're more like i need to go punch a wall or something it's (laughs) it's a big shame that that's looked down on in our culture and just in the world in general many women think that in order to experience like true freedom they have to shake off those shackles of what god made womanhood to be and attempt to be like and to take on a man's purpose but to paraphrase elizabeth elliott the freedom of a sailboat to skim so lightly over the surface of the waves and to move so swiftly is because the sailboat is following the rules of being a sailboat. But then to build mm-hmm. on that, if the sailboat wanted to become a steamboat, because it was jealous of, say, the amount a steamboat could carry or what a steamboat could do, the sailboat, by trying to fulfill the purpose of a steamboat, would not only lose its freedom to skim swiftly and lightly over the waves, its very nature of being a sailboat would become confused. Yeah, that's a very good point to make. So, in summary... I think the lies that we covered today was in order to be taken seriously, you need a career. And what was the response to that, ladies? Uh, no. That's not true. <laughs> no, motherhood is very fulfilling. It's and that's, a very serious role. It's what, exactly. Right, and it's, it's God most designed women for it. It's a privilege. It is. And then lie number two was strong women must have male qualities and feminine qualities are bad. And we think that is very false. false and, very wrong. And lie number three, that chivalry should be unacceptable to women. False. It's also false. wrong. Did we pass the test? That's the question. Did yes. we get the did right Did we answers? get all the answers right? You did. You all Yay! get A pluses on your little tests. <laughs> a Absolutely. Plus. Let's go. I'll write a review for each of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So 
in summary, I think we should let women be women and let men be men. And to do that, we need to be in order with the gospel. And that means we need to be in our Bibles to understand which role all of us need to be playing in this wonderful stage called the world. Until next time, let us firmly rely on the protection of divine providence. And in the words of the fabulous G.K. Chesterton, If I set the sun beside the moon, and if I set the land beside the sea, if I set the flower beside the fruit, and if I set the town before the country, if I set the man beside the woman, I suppose some fool would talk about one being better. This is self-evident.